welcome back to the podcast. The only podcast done completely ironically. Alright, well that's the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. We've already done this joke. We have? Yes. Which episode was that? I think it was the last rambling episode. <laughs> nice. Also, if you maybe you've noticed something different. Uh, the fact that it's not like a Sunday evening and that we just posted an episode. Oh, are we going to post this Actually, immediately? no one probably... Are we? Oh, no. I didn't really know. But yeah, yeah, I don't guess... actually know either. I guess we didn't really just yeah. that. Uh, we're bad at this. If you couldn't already yeah. tell, obviously you could. Since we just made the same joke twice. Well, you made the same joke twice. Yeah, that's true. It's because I'm bad at talking. Same. Pretty pog. Not gonna lie. Alright, well... You want to introduce what we're doing right now? Uh, it's another rambling another episode. Another rambling episode, so. and I know, I know you guys love those. Oh, yeah. Um, All two of and, you. Yeah. <laughs> and guys... <laughs> Which is just me and Tevi. <laughs> <laughs> There's just one thing I want to talk about. Your Doctrine mom. and discipleship. Oh. D&D. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking about D&D today. Yeah. Basically, it's the nerdiest hobby ever. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's pretend for adults. It's the funnest social game you'll ever play. And it takes forever to learn and requires a lot of work. But it's totally worth it. I feel D&D is only complicated because of how free it is. You think so? I think so. I think it's complicated because there's a lot of stuff to remember. Yeah, you're like, right. It's, it's tedious. It definitely... Like, I still have people um, asking me, like, oh, what do I add to this? Like, what do I add to initiative again? Yeah. And, like, I tell you, like, every session what you add to initiative. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Or, like, people still don't remember what a check or a saving throw is. And yeah. Stuff. I have to remind them and stuff. But... I, think, I think I always forget that things are complicated because of just how I am. Yeah. Like... I tend to learn things a bit quicker, I feel. Yeah. But not just that, I also feel like I tend to try to learn things a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like whenever, like, you know, so recently, uh, we, we got Tekken on the PlayStation 4, which is our first game on it, even though we've had it for, like, a couple months now. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But like not, not even a couple months. We've had it for like six months. Yeah, or longer. Yeah, it's been it's been several months, and uh, yeah, my dad was just like, "Hey, I got Tekken," because I I think it's mostly just because we've been playing uh, we've been playing Pokemon a bit, and uh, he I guess he just thought it'd be fun to get Tekken, and I don't know. I've been like trying to like spend time on it and like learn it but i don't think most people would do that you know Yeah, especially like just getting it yeah yeah and especially the way you're learning it like people would learn it by just playing it but not the way you're doing it yeah no literally i haven't even gone online yet i literally in training room and like just do stuff just like trying to figure out how the game works i literally already have like uh, like a silver trophy like i know that's not like too too rare but like it's rare enough for me because like i've only had the game for a bit and it's just like spend this amount of time in the training mode nice 
it's Remember not... whenever we were going to talk about D&D? Yeah. And not um... <laughs> or you, it, Yeah, that's, that's an episode for another day. Probably not. No one wants to hear about my awful hobbies. Yeah. Besides D&D. Besides Doctrine. Which they also Dislike. probably don't want to hear about. But yeah, all this to say, I think I, I forget how complicated D&D is. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's more complicated. Um, than I give it credit for. Yeah, yeah, there's just a lot to remember. It's not necessarily because it's, like, difficult to understand. It's just a lot to remember. Yeah. Um, like, proficiency and stuff like that. It's like, oh, wait, why, why do I add that? Or why is this this number? Or what do I add to the d20? And things like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no, it's... Or what, what do I roll? There's, like, eight different dice that I have. The big one. Yeah. Um, anyways. But that's besides the point. Because we don't really care about how hard D&D is. We care about how fun D&D is. Oh, and yeah. just how fun is D&D, Tevi? Very. It's fun enough to where we've been playing... I mean, pretty it's not very non-stop. long. Non-stop. Pretty n- non-stop since the summer of 2018. Yeah. Which is only like f- like two and a half years ago. It's almost three years. Almost three years. But like at the same time, eh, that's a decently long amount of time because we've been having like anywhere from one to three sessions like every week yeah. it, it is pretty rare for us to have a week where we don't play D. yeah like that has happened maybe a handful of times throughout the entirety of these like past three years. three years yeah it's pretty ridiculous but you know we were kind of spouting on on like how much we play and stuff why exactly do we find this game so incredibly fun you want to why do you find the game fun because remember fun isn't my area of expertise (laughs) we're gonna put that on a t-shirt someday when when (laughs) the podcast takes off fun isn't my area of expertise is definitely gonna be one of the quotes we put on a shirt yeah (laughs) um well, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I enjoy it so much. I definitely enjoy just the cinematicness of D&D. I love just the imaginary visuals I can put in my head of this this game. I the mean, actions. it's pretend. It's yeah. pretend. So, like, I can pretend I'm just about anything. I can pretend to be a Minotaur Barbarian man who has a hobby of ice carving and cooking for our team of idiots you know the the cultist guy the cool freaking hunter gas mask wearing lizard folk man and the the goofball the goofball cleric the goofball clergyman <laughs> the the stupid clergyman who forgets he's a missionary <laughs> okay uh, i forget i forget this part of my job okay yeah no uh shout outs to my boy yeah thrax thrax love you um you're, you're full of laughs, my guy. Like, yeah. Anyways, um, so that's just one small aspect. I also, genuinely, I love just being able to... I feel like, personally, amongst the, the friends that we have, we have never related to something or enjoyed something all together as much as we enjoyed D&D. Yeah. Like, before D&D, we hung out with each other... But why exactly do we even hang out with each other? That's, we didn't really have much of a common that's ground. That's always something I wonder is I I make friends, sure, but and you you know they're good friends just, whenever you don't have very much common ground. Yeah. 
but it's always say, kind like, of weird I'm whenever say it's like me that. and uh, Warframe, uh, you know, we were buds because we both played Monster Hunter and also didn't want to socialize much because we both had a 3DS and we both had Monster Hunter. We were just kind of like friends, <laughs> Monster Hunter, and so yeah, we would just do that all the time. So that's kind of why we bonded. And then us and uh, Thrax, uh, Thrax. <laughs> you know, we we start hanging out because he was already buddies with Warframe, and so you know, we just kind of all started hanging out more you know we found out they watched anime or something like that we were just kind of like oh yeah cool. you started talking with him with them because of attack on titan I, yeah and i know man. that and one punch, one punch man. man um i just started talking to him because i guess they were also kind of into memes yeah. straight up like that was our common ground memes yeah because we didn't play the same games we didn't really do the same things but then once we all started getting into D D, yeah and that was thanks to our, our D homeboy our homeboy the D D lord himself uh you know who, who started it up and actually got us into it she's like hey guys i'm gonna play D D like with a bunch of people like you want to join or like i mean i have no idea what it is but okay so we did and then it was the freaking greatest thing to have ever happened yeah and even though, so so let's just tell you about what do we what do we call him? Uh, I was gonna say weaponizer. We call him chickens. Chickens works. Yeah. So yeah. so we're gonna call him chickens. Uh, the thing about chickens is D and D campaign was uh well it was kind of a mess to be honest. Uh, he he honestly didn't really know how to play. Obviously, we didn't know how to play because we just kind of assumed he knew how to play. <laughs> Uh, so we all just got together with a bunch of people. The first like session, the first session we went to, there was like twelve players, <laughs> which does not work in D and D. Yeah, Let's just get that out of the way. Um, and um, so, like, despite, despite the fact that we didn't actually know how to play and we're not playing right, we still had a blast. Like, we went home that day and we were like, "Mom, this was so much fun! Like, holy crap! Why hasn't this already been in our lives?" Yeah, but then, but then we just kept going to these sessions and like. Sure, there was hardly any rules. Sure, like, we were already, like, broken. Yeah. With, like, these super high damaging attacks and that type of thing. And, like, we didn't really know what was going on. But, like, it didn't really matter because we got to roll dice and do things in an imaginary and, and, world. And say stupid things and do dumb things that we would never I mean, actually our, be able to our do. Our friend Thrax at the time was playing a three-foot-tall, 300-pound midget named Spangback Dingleberry, who had a pitchfork and liked to smoke cigars and was antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, that was who he played, and he, it was it was fun it was it was stupid it was dumb yeah but we had a blast and you know that's that's kind of what the point is yeah just have some fun with your homeboys and just be idiots together but be idiots in an even more extreme way if you guys want to freaking jump off a freaking cliff or something like you can do that and there's no there's no real life consequences, but there might be in-game repercussions. Yeah, definitely. But if you also want to go freaking fight a dragon together and be freaking legends and heroes, can, yeah, you can do that too. It's, it's awesome. You want to rob banks? You want to steal the Pope's hat? <laughs> it's another uh, another thing. Another escapade. Yeah, a, a friend of ours. So I had started a kind of campaign. We just kind of went to our friend's house and was just like. 
okay, guys, we gotta play D&D. And they're like, oh, okay. So we just decided to, quote-unquote, play D&D, yeah. uh, how, how we saw fit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, our friend, uh, he, he decided to steal the Pope's hat because they were in Italy at the time. Because we were just playing in Europe. Because yeah. <laughs> why not? You know, we had the risk board, and we were just like, I mean, I guess we'll just risk Godstorm, by the way. Um, which is pretty fun. Uh, so, you know, we just grabbed the board, which is like, well, we kind of need a map, but this is a pretty decent map. Let's just play on this. Just, yeah. Like, this is the real world, but, like, who cares? We can say there's dragons here. Screw it. Dragons? There's just a giant forest in Central Europe with, like, fairies and dragons and crap. Like, yeah. it was great. Yeah. I still have pretty fond memories doing that with, with those too. two dudes. I, I definitely do remember that. With... I, played, I straight up just played Popeye. Yeah. Swinging around a giant anchor. The anchor was OP, by the way. Don't don't go to the homebrew wiki to look at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's all broken. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so hanging out with the homies, that's another reason why I love D&D. And then I also just kind of like acting. I think it's fun. I think role-playing is genuinely fun. And, you know, I, I also just enjoy the battles in D&D. I think they're also really fun. You know, despite what a lot of people say. Like, some people just genuinely aren't a fan of the combat. But I love combat. I think it's a, t I think it's a blast. Especially, you know, once your experienced players can make it a little snappier. Yeah. You can actually you oh know, my keep, gosh. keep moving. The difference between, like, more beginner slow combat... And, like, fast, snappy, like, everyone's been playing D&D for a bit, combat. Yeah. It's world's difference, yeah, dude. Like, no. I, I totally understand your, that. Your campaign with, with Thrax and Warframe and Incredible Person. Yeah. <laughs> anomaly. <laughs> yeah, Anomaly. There we go. Uh, jeez. What a f freaking campaign that is. Yeah, I'm glad you guys were enjoying it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, something that's uh, very nice about, uh, I guess, beginner, beginner combat uh, with that I'm doing like with my group, with my new group, is uh, the fact that you know most enemies have very low health. Yeah, and they don't have a whole lot of like stuff that they need to yeah. do. You know, it's just it's pretty straightforward. So it's easier to learn at the very beginning. Yeah, you don't have like five thousand options right at the gate. Because you're a spellcaster at level 4 and you already have 7 different spells. It's just like, I have no idea what to do to this goblin. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do I want to charm him? Do I want to make him scared? Do I want to summon an unseen servant? Do I want to cast Prestidigitation? What is... How do I even say that? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Uh, you... I, I have a dagger. Do I want to hit him with that instead? <laughs> no. No, you don't. You're a wizard. <laughs> You're a wizard with a minus one dex. You're a wizard, Larry. <laughs> um, just a real funny thing. Uh, Tay in my campaign. Uh, he, uh... I'm gonna kind of relate this to Pokemon. Uh, he kind of he kinda did a po beginner Pokemon move where you don't have any, like, utility uh -huh. moves. Like, you just, like, Stealth Rock? What's that? That seems like garbage. Yeah. Uh, like all of his, he has like four damage cantrips. <laughs> uh, all you of his spells do damage. Damn it. It's it's really funny. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. All I can do is kill things. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, we need to make this. We need to convince this guy that uh, we're on his side and that we 
but, but that we also really need that freaking map and we need him to help us out. I mean, I'm sorry. All I can do is just threaten him with thunder waves and firebolts. I mean, that's how he threatened uh, Thirkir uh, in my campaign. He just freaking said, like, uh, I can cast Fireball Bolt. Does that mean I can, like, kind of light my hand on fire and intimidate him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, now, now that I've rambled on about just a few things that I love in D&D, what are, what are some things that you love in D&D? Uh, I just... I, I very... So, I, I guess I'll kind of go from both aspects, right? From player and DM. As a player, I like how character development and interaction works and i i as a player i like to i don't want to say force it upon other players but kind of encourage it through my play as a character Mm -hmm. for the other people to kind of do that you know like develop and and that type of thing with their characters real quick i'm just going to throw this out there what do you think of making this episode a little long just because I feel like there's a lot to talk about. Uh, how long has it been? We're already 15 minutes in. Yeah, that's fine. And I feel like we've hardly even scratched the surface. Hardly. Yeah. Um, and of course we can always do a part two in the future, but that's True. that's you know for future future Justin and Tevi to deal with. Yeah. Um, Ninjas. <laughs> no like, one's gonna get that reference. Yeah. So just ignore what yeah. I just said. Uh. So, so as a player, I like to kind of do that. And then, of course, I like making... I almost, I've almost started taking pride in making these, like, long... Not necessarily complicated, but these, like, long backstories of characters and, like, really fleshing it out and having these, like, long details. I don't think Malcolm has a very long backstory. But he has a pretty it's deep pretty much, backstory. It's just Batman. It is pretty much Batman. But, like... It's different, you know, and like I think the the type of access and things that I would gain access to with that background, I don't know. I like almost building the character, but like how I build the character, looking at background first and then yeah. attributing a class to that background. Yeah, I think I've talked about Ovon before in this podcast. Uh, Possibly, it, he it just. Yeah, you talked about him during uh, Thanos. Movie. Yeah, that his title as a character, what was it? Vidalkin, Artificer, Bloodhunter, Simic Scientist. Yeah. Like, that's just a mouthful in and of itself because of, because of how I had to think about going about making his combat prowess and his out-of-combat character. character. Just genuine character. Yeah, just, like, all fit together. It, yeah. like, almost didn't work. But it did. But it did. It, it worked just fine. Yeah. I always had fun watching Oblong do stuff. Do the wacky in, stuff Oblong did. In and out of combat. I, I thought it was always fun to see. Yeah, Oblong was always doing something weird. Or just reading. <laughs> or reading. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as a DM... I very much like... It's kind of the same, but as an outsider perspective. Kind of using NPCs to help growth in characters. Mm-hmm. And also just people and players. In yeah, and watching how they how they like to play. How they mm-hmm. like to interact with things. What they start to find they like and gravitate towards. Yeah. Because you kind of find out how people are as people. Yeah. Uh, you genuinely really get to know people more when you play this game. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. 
there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of depth to it as characters. Yeah, I like I like watching that as as a DM, yeah. watching people develop and progress as their characters, but as their characters person at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I like D and D DMing, uh, and and being a player. I like DMing way more than being a player, yeah, I was personally. Just about to say, I think we should kind of throw out there that, you know, there's the two positions. There's the DM who narrates the entire thing, makes the world, basically just does all the work. And then there's the people who actually get to have fun. I'm kidding. And um, then there's the players who then, mess everything up. Yeah, exactly. Have fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, so basically the DM puts it upon himself to create the world, create the characters, create the goal, create the story, create the pretty much everything except for each individual character or player's character, which even then the DM still has influence on and is still involved in creating. Um, and if they're not, that's a bad DM. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, the, those are the two players in d the DM and the player. Two um, types of players. Yeah, the two types of players. Um, and so, yeah, like, like Tevi said, he prefers to be the DM, he prefers to be the storyteller and all that good stuff. I much prefer to be the player... Because for one, I just don't really have the time to... Spoiler dedicate. alert, being a DM is like be, having a job you don't get paid for. Yeah, no, and it is... There is no statement more accurate to what being a DM feels like. Like, that's just how it feels. Because yeah. there's so much work. It is a lot of work. But if you enjoy it, then, you know, more power to you. Like, that just means that you're going to have a really great story. Um, well, maybe, maybe... Um, it also depends on how willing you are to just, you know, give your players what they want. Yeah, free agency. Yeah. And also, uh, how willing the players are to indulge in what you've created. Yeah, there's there's definitely work on both sides that needs to happen. You have to have willing players, and you also have to have a willing DM. But you have, both sides need to respect one another. Yeah. If, you don't, if that doesn't happen, then it's not going to be a good campaign. Like, just genuinely. Or, like, maybe everyone except one player respects the DM, and so, you know... That, player. that one player is probably just not going to enjoy it as much. Or everyone's not going to enjoy being with that player. Exactly. Um, but that's a whole rabbit trail of D&D horror stories. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I prefer to just be a player. Mostly because I like character growth, I like character interaction, and I like to be a consistent character. I don't want to have to constantly change. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like being able to follow along the story. Plus, I like... I like class abilities and stuff. I like being able to do combat and things like that. I think it's fun. And just being able to kind of be stylish in combat. I feel like I'm talking really far from the mic, and I probably am. Yeah. So, whoopsie-daisy. It's I'm fine. People probably closer. heard you. People probably don't want to hear me. They probably prefer to whenever I was talking further away. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, come on. They're, yeah. like, turning down the volume on their phone. Yeah. No, I'm seeing Tevi's voice, and it's just, like, exploding. So... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Whoops. Um, anyways, yeah, I just like, I really like being a player a lot. So in most campaigns, I am a player. However, I've kind of gained the reputation of being a really good DM since I've done that, like, once. Yeah. Yeah. And you gave the players everything they wanted. Yeah. And I mean, all I wanted was to give the players what they wanted, so, like, that's just kind of how it worked. Yeah. And it did, like, I enjoyed it. I definitely did, but... Not as much as being a player. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
I don't really know what about being a player I dislike, if anything. I was going to say, guess, do you even dislike yeah, anything about being a player? I just I guess I just like being a DM more. Yeah. And I don't even know why. Probably just like putting in a lot of work into it, you know? I don't even know how much I think, work I, I put into I think you do like having DM. some form of control in a sense. Yeah. I think you do like that. So being a DM gives you kind of just actually maybe control is not the right word it, it just gives you more than just oh you're a character and that's it it's like oh you can just make stuff you know yeah i think you just like that um and i liked saying i like saying my players do stuff in the world that i've created yeah okay <laughs> it's not necessarily like a like a bad thing but it's just a kind of wacky thing so my campaign uh takes place on a, on a little archipelago of islands and uh but one of my characters decided to um uh, have a fear of uh sailing <laughs> i don't really know how i'm gonna deal with that is it the same person uh it's uh their name is lupine in the campaign oh okay because I was gonna say Thurkier has a fear of sailing, but we're no, not getting no, that just it's, fine. It's not the it's not the same person. Oh, okay. No, uh, he actually is trying to yeah, sail say, and yeah. be a be a pirate, even yeah. though he doesn't know what being a pirate is. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's great. And he's also a sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you can always just have him get blindfolded and you know tie them down and then stick it's them not necessarily that type of fear i don't really know how they're going to be playing it but right now they're just very adamant about not going on a boat okay they're just like eee. i think it's because they thought uh i guess just they would have a lot more time on one particular island at a time because they thought i would probably have a more uh streamlined story spoiler alert i don't uh i i decided to uh instead make the this campaign a bit more of a some some more guinea pig-esque players yeah sandbox sandbox i I can't talk (laughs) sandbox um with how the players kind of want to approach their goals and, so and, yeah, you've given all the players their own goals, and you're just kind of like, yeah. So whenever you want to get started on that, just like, just kind of say it, tell it to the rest yeah. of the party, and we can move on your merry way. Except one one of the players' goal is kind of already met, and two of the one of the players is working on a goal. One of the players doesn't really have a goal because of their first time playing, and then one of the players is kind of. He ha- he knows his goal and he's trying to accomplish his goal. Yeah. Uh and of course he's he I think he's kind of sh- right now I guess uh we're just kind of trying to figure out how we want to go about completing this goal yeah. of becoming a hero. Hero. Yeah. <laughs> full, full one punch man full my hero academia. This is how I became the greatest hero. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. Which is also kind of funny, because he's essentially just playing Izuku. 
it's kind of funny. Hey man, I mean, Izuku's a fun character. He's Izuku's a great, a great he's character. He's a good character. I like him. What are your favorite uh, D&D moments, I guess? What are what are some of your favorite favorite moments? My, I feel like I have a lot, and it's hard to, like, recount everything. Like, just, just name one. Let's just talk about one. Because, mm-hmm. for me, I feel like a lot of it is really small things. Just, like, small little instances that kind of happen. See. It's hard for me to think of, like, an entire moment, I guess. Interesting. You know what I mean? Well, what Just, do you, what it's do like you mean? small interactions that I remember that I remember very fondly. All right, then let's let's go ahead listen to this. Slime face sawing the boat in half. I'd say that's a moment. <laughs> That is a moment. That's a moment. Yeah. yeah. Basically, we were just on a boat, you know, in Tevi's campaign, out in the middle of the ocean, and uh, me and our dragonborn friend, uh, Slimeface, I kind of had, like, a, a quick little argument, I guess. I think he slapped me with a fish, and then I think I... I remember what happened. Yeah. He slapped me with a fish, and I didn't like that, so I used one of my abilities where I throw coins and... People have to, like, chase after it, basically, if they fail a wisdom save. Homebrew class, by the way. This is not an official class. Yeah, he's a fisherman. It's epic. I love it. Anyway, so I throw the coins, and he fails the save. So he jumps in the water to go fetch the coins. Um, And then then he comes back up. And he didn't like that. he didn't like that, because now he's all wet and stuff. It's out in the middle of the ocean. uh, And he had a chainsaw (laughs) for a weapon. Kind of prehistoric chainsaw. Yeah. Um, And so uh, he just goes up to our little tiny rowboat and uh he, proceeded to he saw the boat in half. To saw it in half and so now we can't really row we're out in the middle of the ocean just floating adrift out to world's end and uh eventually we got what was the sickness called uh cackle disease or something yeah like that? uh the shrieks cackle fever cackle fever yeah we ended up on another island after freaking starving and being dehydrated and developed cackle fever so we had to spend like a week just going insane for a little bit. Except for Slimeface. He didn't get it. Yeah, it's it was kind of me funny. And, me and my cousin Emily that got it. Um, yeah. So we just kind of went insane. It's for pretty a funny. Bit. Yeah. It's it, a great moment. So I definitely remember that very fondly. Um, another Slimeface moment of that. It's just like a singular turn that this happens. And we're, you know, we're fighting the final boss, this massive like void dragon monster thing. And he has this item where he shakes it and he shoots it and it, or, well, he shakes a big barrel and just like a random effect, he sent, well, not necessarily random, but just an effect happens. He shakes the barrel and he just launches a fireball like it's a bazooka from this alchemy barrel and the monster opens his mouth and just eats the fireball and his face just nukes and explodes. Yeah. And that's how he finished off the final boss. And I just, I just think that was so hilariously like slime perfect face. and almost movie like like that is how the movie of of these characters would totally end yeah like it would end like that the first the first movie yeah because there'd be a lot of movies of these characters yeah no it just it was so funny like it was just so perfect i don't know i i remember that very fondly <laughs> it was just so good um and that so that's just one campaign um me think i mean anytime gladiator makes an art piece is like <laughs> such an incredible that's it's it's that's a moment so in and of itself yeah. uh we kind of have this uh 
So, so I think we mentioned him, a, a minotaur friend named Gladi- or not friend, it's just one of Justin's characters, a minotaur named Gladiator. And uh, he, he kind of has this, these kind of ice powers through, uh, through some barbarian homebrewing. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, we like homebrew a lot. Or Justin likes homebrew. I like homebrew I a use lot. official a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, but you definitely see the advantages of homebrew. Yes, I do. Uh, but I'm, uh, so he, he likes to carve ice sculptures, but I'm, uh, when I'm not absolutely owning my enemies, I just, I just do some ice sculpting and cook. But, um, uh, my, my character, Lucius, he's, uh, he's kind of crazy, uh, but he's a, he's a very pretentious, uh, musician. And, uh, he, he kind of told Gladysher, look, like... Whenever you make a piece of art... Basically, we're both artists in our own right. Yeah, but this... Whenever you make a piece of art, you have to make it unique, and it will become Art 2 Electric Boogaloo. And, uh... But Gladiature kind of took that as an, um, uh... Like, every time he makes a new piece of art, he has to name it a next... Like, the yeah, next the number. Next number. I was about to say the next number of the alphabet. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, the next number. So, so every time... What art piece are we on we, right now? I think now? we finished eight. I think that was the picture of Ryza's face. Yeah, but what, what what's that called? Art eight. Do we even... I think it was Great Mate or something like yeah, that. Yeah, art, art eight, it's Great Mate. Yeah, yeah. So now we're on nine. Yeah, but let's see. It was art... So art two, electric boogaloo. Art three... Freeze, because JoJo's yeah, from Freeze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Art three Freeze. Uh, the Minotaur or the Justin had an elf uncle, kind of named Uncle Elfton, uh, who taught him the elvish ways. And elves in this world. Hence, uh, I, hence I got into art because elves yeah, are artistic, I guess. Uh, elves don't acknowledge the, or the they number don't four. Say the number four. They, they only say, say three, three and one. one. They, they don't say four for whatever reason. Well, and... we we skipped four on accident. Yeah. And then our DM came back and said, "You know what? Elves just say three and one." Yeah. Uh, so we skipped four and we went to art five, part, part of, of the, the hive. hive. Art six, magic mix. Yeah. Art seven. What uh, is Art 7? I can't remember. Is Art 7 the entire... I think that's the entire conference room. Yeah. That I just filled with art pieces. Yeah, of everyone in the in the organization that yeah. we're a part of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, the, the thing about Gladiature is that... Um, so obviously he's not a normal artist. Because, um, you know, he's a minotaur. So he kind of mixes the ideas of art along with his minotaur... Violence. Violence and kind of aggression. So he doesn't make necessarily beautiful art pieces. It's usually things that kind of show like pain or ferocity and stuff like that. So, for example, kind of... Art 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh, we found this tiefling jewelry merchant. <laughs> and uh, Gladiator said, uh, make the face. He's, uh, he's Russian. Uh, make the face uh, as if you just stubbed your toe. And uh, the guy kind of did it, and he's just like, oh, yes, very good. So uh, he decided to make an entire sculpture of that man's face as he stubs his toe. And, uh, yeah, and then I traded it to him. 
for a tiny little bird. Yeah. Oh no, that wasn't. Yeah, the tiefling wasn't. Did we meet two tiefling salesmen? The tiefling, I got the ring, and then the bird, I paid for. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I gave I gave him a, a head sculpture of him looking like he stubbed his toe. It was really funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's Gladiator. He just kind of makes funny art pieces, usually of people like screaming and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um. Lucius is kind but, of a bard. But he means no harm. Like, he, he doesn't actually, like, necessarily like it when people scream. Not necessarily. But... De- depends on who it is. De- it depends on who it is. His enemies, like, he doesn't mind. Yeah, exactly. His enemies, like, he doesn't mind, you know, hurting those guys pretty good. But, uh, you know, his buddies, in a sense, sometimes he doesn't necessarily want them to get hurt. Yeah. Every once in a while, Lucius is uh, a little bit too much for Gledicher to handle, and he says, All right, Lucius, time yeah. to settle down. And then, I don't know, knock him out or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lucius was probably already knocked out by that time by yeah. all the alcohol yeah. that he consumes. Yeah, either that or he's just easier to knock out. Yeah. So, yeah, that, those are some of my uh, moments that I enjoyed. Well, you want to give, like, one or two of your own? Godspeak, in general. Uh, so, in Justin's campaign, the one he was DMing, uh, I was I was Ovon, my my Vidalkin blood hunter artificer, alchemist person, and uh, <laughs> so many man of many talents and so and mutations. <laughs> and mutations, and we were climbing up this mountain for um, uh, Chickens's uh, character Anag's quest. And, uh, Anag was this big dog man, uh, and he was, he, he kind I, of... I always kind of thought of him as, as, like, the beast from Beauty and the Beast, kind of yeah. that appearance. But, um, uh, he always, he heard from a, from a blacksmith that there was this big mountain called God's Peak, that apparently, like, you could, like, reach, like, this new level of being if you got to the top and did some things. And Anag was just like, oh yeah, that sounds... And speak to gods. Yeah, and speak to gods. that was the main thing he wanted. He wanted to talk to a god and find out his purpose, pretty much. Yeah. Just, like, find something to do with his ridiculous power. Because, my gosh, was this character strong. Good grief. The dude could one-on-one, like, two hill giants at a time. Which is absolutely ludicrous for, like, a level six character. Yeah, But he could totally do it. He was bonkers. Yeah, no, he was ridiculously strong. (laughs) It was pretty insane. But I kind of loved that about him. I loved that he was so incredibly powerful. Because it kind of made him a bit reckless. Yeah, and anyway, exactly. Uh, I, I kind of wanted that. To continue with the story, we were climbing up this mountain. And uh, the thing about God's Peak is that the mountain almost had this kind of sentience. To the point where, as you keep climbing it, you start getting these kind of uh, degrading effects. Yeah. Uh, like, like your hit points start to decrease, your strength starts to decrease, that type of thing. Magic becomes harder to cast and things like that. You take damage whenever you cast magic. Yeah, it just, just really bad and nasty things that Justin so evilly uh, <laughs> plotted. Not just that, we had to, like, eat these particular fruits to stay up at that elevation, because it was just, like, impossible to live. Yeah. And all all this crazy stuff. And eventually, 
So, so Ovlon kind of wanted to be at the top of the mountain. He didn't really know. But uh, he was kind of on this quest for a friend of his who was like 15, even though he's like 40, uh, name, named Cher. <laughs> and the reason he's on this quest for, for his buddy Cher is because he Cher needs some some angels from this mountain. And uh, Ovon... Angel angels. They're like dragon angels. Yeah. Mini dragon angels. Coaddles. They're winged serpents. Yeah. But uh, so Ovon has these coaddles for Cher. And he's just like, all right, I got what i came here for i can go back down the mountain just fine but these lunatics are still up here and i don't necessarily care if they die but like it'd be a waste of genes yeah <laughs> um and so he we had this really powerful moment of ovalon trying to convince everyone to go back down the mountain but uh, Boots the Goblin, who is uh, one of Thrax's other characters, was just like, nah, we can do this. Like, we're almost to the top. Like, we can we can make it. Yeah, and basically there were two main parties to this. There was Anak who wanted to get to the top. Three was... parties, actually. Yeah, that's true, because there was kind of neutrality along with yeah. it. Yeah. So there was Anak who wants to get to the top. There was Ovalon who just wants to go down. And then there was Max, who also wanted to go down because things were just getting really, really crappy and he didn't really like but it. But at the same time, he was also kind of with Boots because Boots and Max were just kind of best friends at this point. Yeah, and uh, Max also acknowledged the fact that he was kind of the guide of the party because he was a ranger and kind of good at that stuff. So he was just kind of like, you know what, if you guys want to keep going to the top, then I guess I'll follow you just because I don't want you to die. Yeah, because uh, Max... Uh, Max was kind of like this loner. Uh, he had a pet T-Rex, pet baby T-Rex. Yes, and, I allowed that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, essentially being like, yeah, you guys are just about the only family I ever had other than Rex. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of don't want to lose you guys. But Ovon was just like, yeah, I don't care about you guys. <laughs> Uh, I'm so ruthless to be honest. He he was he was cruel, but it was great because it was totally different from essentially what the party expected and from what players expected. Yeah, Um, because usually you don't want to split the party at all, and especially to that degree, you don't have part you don't have party members literally go in opposite directions, like miles apart from one another. Yeah. Unless you're playing Ovalon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In which he has a code. He's following his his lawful his lawful evil uh, alignment, and uh, he's he left the party uh, because they didn't like they wanted to keep going up, and he's just like, yeah, uh, you guys are stupid, and I can make it down on my own. Like I don't need you guys. Yeah. So the the rest of the party, the four that remained, it was Anag. Uh, Boots, Max, and Cavaton. Cavaton was this, like, uh... Crazy robot. He was like a robot automaton kind of thing called a Warforged who couldn't speak, but, uh, he was, uh, an artificer and, uh, he liked building stuff. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, so the four of them stayed and, uh, you want want to continue the story? Uh, no, I I, I think the the main part was just the fact that, uh, Ovalon left... And I think that was a moment that I just very much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, just that I gathered up the strength to do. Yeah, just gonna throw this out there real quick. Despite Max not wanting to leave everyone because he didn't want to lose his family, he kind of does anyway because, uh, well, he died. Yeah. Uh, it was tragic. <laughs> it was pretty, 
it was very tragic actually yeah. um because uh, warframe who is playing max is kind of notorious for taking very long periods of time to find characters that he enjoys playing um for several reasons and uh max was finally a character that he very much liked playing after two previous characters in this one campaign yeah uh Anyways, so he only got to play this character for a solid maybe like two, three months, something like that, until, uh, well... He kicked he, the bucket yeah, and he bit the, the bucket, dust. Pretty much just at the top of the mountain and died. And, uh, yeah, uh, they did not actually make it to the top. It was pretty sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, which which was kind of planned. Not necessarily kind of planned. Like I, It I was planned. This, it was planned that they wouldn't make it to the top. It was not planned that someone would die. <laughs> But I guess that's kind of the on- the only way it could happen. Yeah, because like, they would have kept going. Yeah, they would have kept going, and they would have gone to the last part, and the last part they absolutely all would have died. Yeah. Because, uh, spoiler alert, something about this campaign, uh, Justin wasn't necessarily... He wasn't holding back the TPK. Yeah. The the total party kill, as, as, it's, uh, as it's known. Because... Uh, he wanted it to feel less like a video game and more like a living, breathing world uh, that wouldn't necessarily hold back on uh, people in general. <laughs> yeah, so basically they were totally allowed to continue on to the very last challenge of this massive mountain, um, but they absolutely would have died. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, someone had to go down to kind of help everyone realize, yeah, no, we're not going to be able to make it. So that happened pretty sad and to this day i can't listen to the sealed vessel from hollow knight without kind of tearing up a bit because it just makes me think of that fight and how absolutely tragic it was i literally just heard it the other day in the car it was like two days ago i was driving and then you freaking toby Maguire ugly cry (laughs) i didn't i didn't cry or anything but like as i was going up uh, like my mind was just drifting off to this whole scene once again and just playing the cinematic in my head. And I was just like, I can't listen to the song in the car because I will crash. I, my mind cannot help but go back to all of this this whole story arc and just see the whole thing play out. The death of Max and all of the sadness in everyone's eyes and stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, man, it was bad. Except Ovalon. Ovalon was already at the bottom and yeah. he's just like... Yeah, I, I guess I'll wait for, like, a couple weeks, see if they come back down. If they don't, eh, whatever, I'll go deliver these angels to Cher. <laughs> yeah, but Cher did get his angels. Cher did get his angels. Yep. Um, but yeah, pretty wild stuff. Yeah, you you want to you wanna call it here? We're, yeah. We're a little over 45 minutes in. Yeah. So hopefully I think, people I think... actually listen to this one. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, what does it matter? It's not like we're actually, in, I guess, investing anything necessarily. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just our air, I guess, <laughs> which kind of makes it seem like we don't really value this. We do. It's fun. We enjoy doing it. I just hope someone enjoys listening. <laughs> and if they do, and if they do enjoy listening, that would mean that they're remembering to, to stay, stay poggers. poggers.